Hello. Hello. How are you? All right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Are you in your normal place? No, no, I'm in Leeds at the moment. Uh, <clears throat> all right. How's things with you? Uh, yeah, good. Good. Not too bad. Went to watch uh, Leeds versus Cardiff yesterday. Good. Uh, it, was, it was all right. It was a lot of goals, seven goals. But Oh. Yeah. Was it um, a bit tasty? Nah, the game wasn't. The atmosphere was was pretty tasty. A lot of like back and forth, like usual. But there's fact they sold out Leeds thirty thirty thousand or thirty three thousand. They had shit. What does that feel like, John? Compared to um, not compared to SJP. Yeah, like do you walk in and go blimey? Yeah. Do you want I a piece? Of, every... Do you want a piece of it? Yeah. Every every time I go and watch like other teams, especially like the Championship Premiership sides, I think. That would be crazy. It's like, like I've never been to Ellen Road before until yesterday. And it's one of those that's meant to be like historic and all that malarkey. And it, it's, there's a few stadiums that have felt like that, like Old Trafford, Ellen Road, Wembley, sort of, although I've cried there a few times. Um, can I can I say something to you, John, I've been meaning to say? Go on, what's this? Taking over the Exeter Chiefs Stadium. What? Expanding and taking over the Exeter, sharing it, the Exeter Chiefs Stadium. Um, is that a possibility? I think in, in principle it probably is, but I don't think many Exeter City fans would, would want that, to be honest. Well, I don't know. I was speaking on behalf of... Personally, I wouldn't want that because... Not because not it's anything against the Chiefs or anything like that, but because of the pitch, mainly. You can't, I think it's really, well, from what I've seen in other League One and League Two clubs, for example, Newport, <clears throat> they share with their rug, local rugby team and their pitch is renowned for being awful, boggy, crap. You can't play the football you want to play. So from like a nice, happy city standpoint, I think it works. But in terms of like the pitch, it's a bit like... Right by the moment. I, I really want a pristine football pitch like we have. Uh, it's just they were saying it on the forum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, any any sort of little insight I get is from the forums. From the forum, which has no, absolutely no knowledge at all. <laughs> yeah, but you know. X-Web, bloody hell. Left, right and centre in X-Web. Yeah, it's a bit of a cesspit, that. But, love yeah. it. I love swimming around in that cesspit. I'm glad, you know what, that I'm kind of glad you enjoy that. Because that shows that you actually care. If you're taking the time out of your day to go and... Read X-Web, it shows you care, I think. So I'll tell you what happened this morning. My son's going through a phase of not wanting to wear trousers. He just wears shorts. Okay. So he's wearing his jeans. said, you got to wear jeans. It's really cold. It's really cold. I don't want to wear jeans. I say, okay, why don't you want to wear jeans? Because they make me look like an explorer. I don't quite understand that. But I said, what <laughs> do you want to wear? I said, what about like tracksuit bottoms, Exeter tracksuit bottoms? Yes. So we were on Exeter. <laughs> At about 10 to 7 this morning, we were on the Exeter's shop looking at tracks. <laughs> wow. Amazing. This is getting That's really serious now. No, this is good. He's going to he's gonna end up with some sort of... He's, he's, he's going to be an Exeter City fan for life. Yeah. He'd rather go to school with his pants on. Uh, it's either pants or Exeter City tracksuit. <laughs> is he allowed to wear You're a Exeter bit like City that, aren't you, at uni? <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't turn up to uni in Exeter City tracks and <laughs> Wouldn't you? 
No. Mm, no, probably not. I, I'd always wear it like when we play football on a Wednesday for our like leisure leagues thing. I always wear Exeter City tracksuit bottoms there with my Exeter City shorts underneath. But yeah, no, uni, that's a bit brave that. Do you know how much I'd get slaughtered at uni? Why? For that? Why would you? No, it's just a bit like full kit wanker sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> you can get away with it when you're younger, but when you're 21 years old, I don't think you can get away with it. What is a, like, I sort of know what it is, but what is a full kit wanker for the people who don't know? <laughs> what is, right, so if you turn up anywhere, basically, the only time it's acceptable, I think, is a stag do. Okay. What um, about if I turned up with an extra shirt? I think that's terrible. A middle-aged man wearing a football top. No, awful, no, awful, no, awful. No, work. no. I think I think that's okay. Is it? I think you can wear the top, like like Pierce said on the pod a few months ago. No name on the back. As soon as you're past the age of like twelve, you can't have a name on the back really, unless it's a gift. Like I've got an extra city top that I got given for my 18th birthday, which has my surname and then number 18. Um, but no, you can you can wear the kit. All right, what so, if I came to the game wearing a top and then some shorts? Extra shorts. Would you go wanker? Yeah, I, I would say... Can't win, can I? No, no, that's the end That's the end of the pod, I think. If you were spotted at the ground with Exeter City top and shorts, I couldn't be associated with that anymore. Why? Surely <laughs> I've gone up a level in support. I mean, in terms... Yeah, you've lost... Yeah, you've probably gone up a level in, like, craziness, haven't you? You've gone absolutely AWOL there, but... No, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen that I'll wear the shirt to the ground. I can't believe Why not? Why not underneath the jacket? You know, that doesn't have to be exposed. We just know it's there. I saw a lot of people... Last night it was cold at Ellen Road. I saw a lot of Cardiff fans wearing their Cardiff tops over their coats. Yeah. Maybe stretched out now. Anyway, uh, today's guest is um, uh, James, who's yeah. an Exeter City fan. I've got, I've got a little bit of info on James. He's a trust member, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, he He's is. always good. It's always a bonus. Long, uh, lifelong City fan, trust member, has never lived in the West Country. Has wow. stories okay. including run-ins with Mark Lawrenson and Yuri Geller. Okay. Also right. a freelance broadcaster and one of the commentators for BBC Radio Devon. Really? Oh, wow. I don't... S- stepping on your patch, isn't he? I should, I should, I should recognise the name James Dale, maybe. Maybe I recognise him when he comes in. Is he a liar? <laughs> Huh? Is he lying? I don't know. You want that? <laughs> Any, anyone can uh, anyone can do that. James Dale, that doesn't why does that not ring a bell? Um Right, hold on a minute. Let's have a little a little, a little dig, shall we? James Dale. Yeah. Alright, it's not an American. Oh, it's he, it's he, it's he, it's he. Oh, it's here. here we go, there yeah. we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Yeah. Welcome. Hi James. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. I had a bit of tech fear for a moment because there wasn't a hyperlink that I had to get a grown-up to come and do IT support, which basically my, my wife had to do the admin for me because I'm a fool. Right. <laughs> well, nice to have you on board. Yeah, nice to have you. Thanks very much. It's good. To, it's exciting, isn't it? The modern it is. world. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> Where are you? That's the main... Because you're not a West Country dude, are you? No, I'm, I'm a rarity. So I'm not... I've never lived in the Devon. Uh, I'm in Worcester. So I, li- I live in Worcester. I've lived all Hello, over the place. Who's that? What's going that's on there? That's the wife. Bit of professionalism, please. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, why do you support Exeter? Uh, it's not my fault. I never stood a chance. I, I, it's, it's, it's bloodlines, isn't it? So Is it? The speed version of the story is um, 
My nan, she Spurs. My grandfather Bloody nan. Bloody nan. was Arsenal. They're both no longer with us, sadly. Moved to Devon during the war. During the war. So my nan joined the Timber Corps, lived in Budley Salterton. My dad was born in Budley Salterton. Uh, where is that? I've never heard of it. Where um, is that? It's a little bit southeast of Exeter, not very far, down on the oh. coast. Okay. Um, and so uh, he grew up there, moved to Worcester in, what, 1970? Met me mum. Um, but when I was six and didn't know any better, he was like, congratulations, son, you're a Grecian. Um, so, ev- I mean, every day, every game is an away game for me, really. So I've still got family down there. So my um, uh, I've, um, my aunt's still in Budley Salterton and my uncle Brian, and I've got cousins in Exmouth and, and such. So it's a, re- it's a part, a real rich part of my life, Devon. And I, f- I kind of feel like a Devonian. I feel at home in the West Country. Come and move down here. I can't afford it, mate. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. It's got. Yeah, it's. Nuts, I mean, it's. It? It's yeah. a good thing about the West Midlands, mate, is you can actually afford to say, live here. Know. Know. Where is Worcester exactly? I don't know where Worcester is. Worcester's well, Worcester's not quite anywhere. So it's it's the southwest Midlands. So it's about twenty five miles southwest of Birmingham, um, and about twenty five miles north east of Cheltenham. So it's not quite Wales, not quite West Country, not quite West Midlands. It's sort of area there. So, would you like to move down to Devon? Would you do it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the plan. I mean, that's the plan. But like, um, as it just as it goes, one of my oldest and dearest friends married a uh, married a girl from Marsh Barton in Exeter. So he he's now an honorary Grecian because I make him. So no. um, the plan is at some point. Um, as I hurtle through middle age, I've got a little one as well. I'd love to come down and, and live there. So my mum's got a little kind of holiday place in West Dorset. Um, so I'm down there all the time. It kind of feels like home. Um, so do you go to what, the matches? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been going for 30-odd years. Not all um, the home matches, do you? No, no, I can't. I can't. Logistically, it's, it's tricky. Domestically, there's an element of politics that's involved as well. If I want to go to a game, you've got to, you know, M's hyper supportive of all these sorts of things and let me do commentary and all that kind of thing. But um, I used to do, used to do sort of 12, 14, if we were on a good run um, uh, games a season, but cause you know, a home game for me is, you know, it's a good two hours down the M5. What teams are in and around you that you, that you can sort of get to quickly of exits that you're playing there? Uh, well, the the easy ones were always Walsall. So that Walsall was a good one. Hereford United back in the day. Um, Crews dead easy actually. You know that's that's an easy kind of train journey. Cheltenham Town. If like um, y- if you decided at ten past two you fancied Cheltenham Town, you could just about make kick off. Um, Very nice. So it just sort of depends. I mean, the kind of the, the when we were in the conference, when we were when we were non-league for a few years at the turn of the century, it was great because. You had like Stafford Rangers and Tamworth and all these sorts of places that, that were easy to get to. Um, wow. Sta- what was that? Tamworth. Tamworth, the Lambs. Yeah, not, I mean, <laughs> rubbish, rubbish ground, small club, but friendly club. Beer's always good in that part Do of the world. You know what? As well. I suddenly had an urge for us to get relegated. No, what? Two or three seasons on the trot and just go to some really shit grounds. Well, do you know what the thing is? Is that Sorry, before, <laughs> before we got the, but I mean, you're 20 years <laughs> late, David. So, right, so here's the thing: before we got relegated, we were rubbish. So late 90s, oh, early noughties, wonderful. We were awful. We were like weapons grade dreadful. We're talking finishing in the bottom few of the old fourth division, 
Who was the shittest player during the shittest period of Exeter? <laughs> no, no, oh, don't. Oh, goodness. I mean, the 90s, the 90s were a tough watch, man. The 90s really? were a tough watch. Oh, yeah, we were awful. So in a space of six years, we finished 19th or lower in the fourth tier. Um, one of those years, we finished bottom but didn't get relegated because Maxfield Town's ground was rubbish. Sorry, what's the fourth tier? Oh, right. right. So you've got Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two. Yeah. Old money, it was Division One, Two, Three, and Four. Then, weirdly, for a bit, it was Premiership, then it was One, Two, and Three. And now it's Premiership, Championship, One, and Two. So, so fourth we, tier was League Two. Yeah. So we yeah. were the equivalent of League Two, but we finished 19th or lower four years out of six. One of those years, we finished bottom, but didn't get relegated because you still have to be elected in based on your ground in the oh. 90s. And then two years later, we got relegated. Um, and and the thing is, we were so bad, and it was such a mess at that point, because we were taken over by crooks. It was when Yuri Geller and David Blaine had turned up, and it was a tatty circus. And because it was so miserable and we nearly went out of business, the conference was actually really good fun. Because we we just didn't, we didn't ever watch it. We never won. I, I went through the first 10 years of being a City fan. I never saw them win. We were crap. I mean, we were really crap. What makes I have been thinking like if we go through a really bad period, <clears> I can <throat> really see my enthusiasm waning and just nah. You you'll WhatsApp me, John. We're doing the pod. Nah. I'll be honest with yeah, you, you you've lucked out. I mean, you've turned up in the calendar year twenty twenty two. We've created it. It's not gonna it won't get any better than this, mate. This is this is dream <laughs> stuff. It will. It will I'm not <laughs> it adding it. if it does. Do you know I went on the Portsmouth? Um, podcast last night. They are really, really miserable. I mean, no, as a nice bunch of blokes, but they're going through a terrible, torrid time. And I could suddenly get feel like, oh, I think, oh, I can imagine what it's like. Think of the meteoric fall that they've had. They won the FA Cup not that long ago, and now they've just. They've just. They had said they haven't scored a goal from open play for like eight games or something. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> tough going, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus well, there was. I'd like, so here's tough. I'll contextualise the '90s for you. I think mid '90s we were that rubbish that our top goal scorer in the league, 46 games, was Mark Cooper, who was a defensive midfielder, and he scored six. We had a guy called. I tell you, what, the, the most memorable rubbish player. We had Darren Braithwaite's brother Leon Braithwaite play for us, and he was a sprinter in football boots. I mean, we were dreadful. He was awful. He was a good lad though, and he could run. And so our tactic was. Hoof it and get Leon to chase it. And um, is that, that Mark Cooper? Sorry, sorry, is that the Mark Cooper that was manager of Forest Green? And there's yeah, no Terry Cooper's son. So Terry Cooper, his dad was the manager when we got promoted in the old fourth division. This is a history lesson. This is this is riveting, isn't it? I'm going to just waffle on about <laughs> stuff before it I was like fun. It. <laughs> uh, who? How many people in that stadium when we were dog shit? I kind of, I kind of feel like our hardcore. You always got two and a half. Always, always, always. Two like and a half thousand. A small, a small gate would be like two seven, two eight, and I think like we. But we, even when we were rubbish, we'd get kind of three thousand, three two hundred. That's amazing. Yeah, well, Ed. Look, I mean, it just goes to show there's not a lot else to do, is there in Devon? God bless them. Um, <laughs> I was going to go. What a bunch of idiots. No, look, but the thing, <laughs> everyone says yeah. their football club is special, but. I mean, Exeter is a special place. Um, and um, Expl- explain to listeners who, why, why? Yeah, go on. 
Okay, I mean, what? I mean, his, there's an element of history. There's bits and pieces about Exeter that make it interesting and eccentric. Like we, we went on tour to South America and we were the first team to play yeah. against Brazil. And I'm sure you've covered all those. Yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so the um, St. James Park is an incredible football ground in that every stand is completely different. Um, it's still an inner city ground and you don't get that anymore where you go past terrace houses. Um, and so it gives you a sense of occasion, a sense of place. Um, which I really, really love. And you just don't get that very much with, with football grounds. Um, as, a, as a City fan, there's something special about being at SJP, um, partly because I think we had the worst away end in the history of football up until very recently, where it was just concrete steps and then a piece of guttering, just which was like a, essentially just a urinal. It was, I mean, it was just, it was primitive, it was basic and it was miserable. Um but when the sun's shining and it hits the rooftops and you, st you stood on the big bank, it's a magical place to be. It gives me goosebumps. I can't get yeah. enough of the place. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, the fan base, there's a sort of reputation at times they were quite grumpy at home games, but the away support when we were rubbish was incredible. We stayed up a couple of years because of the fans. There was one game particularly, and it was, it was like a, a three-way dogfight to try and stay up. Yeah. I mean, it was us, York City, and I can't remember who the other team was. I think maybe Scarborough at that point. And we were all plummeting. We were all awful. And there was a decision, X-Web, which is a great website for fans. It's, it's One of the best. I'm always on it. And they set up like, these Purple Away days because we had a Purple Away kit. So it was a decision. We're going to get loads of balloons. We'll get loads of purple clobber on, and we're going to go up on mass. We're going to make a hell of a lot of noise. We went up to Bootham Crescent, which is a long old way. They even put dye in the water in the fountain in the city, so it spurted out purple, um, purple water. And we we went there, and um, and we were brilliant. Won two nil at their place because we took about 800, 900 up to you. For me, it wasn't too bad because I'm Worcester, but it was real commitment, and it was just a determination that this isn't happening. This is not happening. And the city fans away from home, even when we were awful, were brilliant, and. That they got them out of the shit a lot, you know. So it's that's the difference. That's the difference. When we were at Bootham Crescent, all the York fans were out the ground protesting and going hard, and we turned up and turned it into a party, and that was the difference. So it's little things like that. I saw someone. I might have I got this right. If we made it into the championship, we would have to lose the big bank and it become all seated. Is that right? Very probably. I, the, the likelihood is that it wouldn't happen immediately, but there'd have to be some sort of time frame. They're, they're quite strict about these things. I haven't really looked into it. We've never been in the second tier in our history. I think our highest ever finish is seventh or eighth or something in this current division. I don't, I mean, I know you're that like, would, oh, that I'm would bored go down league. badly, wouldn't it? That decision. You'd have to, though. There's no choice. In the Championship, you have to have an all seater stadium within a three to four year period if you're in there that long. So, there's no choice. The Big Bank is wonderful and it's brilliant. And, you know, a lot of my favourite childhood memories are on the old Big Bank. Um, but if you want to if you want to play with the big boys, you've got to represent them, haven't you? So, and we do, uh, don't we? We do, don't we, boys? We do. Oh, my we goodness. Do. I mean, you you don't. Get relegated, See, so. I'm not used to this level of joy. You have to understand, you know, I'm... Uh, <laughs> but we do. We want to play with the big boys. It would be, I mean, it would be incredible. Be, punch it, above our weight. I think even one season in the championship would be like unfathomable. I wouldn't be. I don't know what I'd do. What if we held our own, John? 
Mm. Well, because you mind, thought at the start of this season we might not hold our we're holding our own jump and then we are holding our own. <laughs> impressively holding our own as well <laughs> yeah so you are you a commentator on BBC Devon yeah. now yes. John John went because you both commentators well I'm I'm technically a summariser but yeah so he's he does the so James would talk throughout the whole game and James would cut to me if he needs like a little bit of input. Oh, wow. So, you yeah. are. Yeah. I was, I was so, I mean, my professionally speaking, I'm Jim. So Jim Dale. Um, so I did, uh, I'm doing the Milton Keynes game coming up. I'm doing the Burton game in February as well. Have I heard you on iFollow? You, sh- you, you may well have done. If you did the Port Vale, I was, I did the Port Vale game, did the Stano did, game, the Barnsley. The, the away, the Port Vale away. Yeah. Yeah. The three two. Oh, that's yeah, you. that was me. Yeah, that was me. All right. Oh come on, we got to talk about commentary because I just find it a. I don't know how you do it, either of you. I don't know how. Well, you we're, do we're it. very talented, David. That's the only thing we can describe yeah. as. <laughs> you say that though. I don't know how you do it. I I genuinely don't know. I'd just be staring at the game going, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm not sure how you keep things afloat. Uh, I'm I'm verbose, you know. I'll, I can talk at length about anything, and often do. And John is a highly knowledgeable individual, man. Like okay. you struggle to find someone who knows more about Exeter City than John, which means that, in simple terms, when you're doing commentary, and I think when you're doing it for radio, it's different to TV. And some of the that's where some people come unstuck. With radio, it's very simple, but it's also hard. It's simple in that what you need to do is tell people where the ball is, tell them what the time is, and tell them what the score is. So my strength really as a commentator, I, I talk quick and I get a lot in and I get, uh, I try to, as best I can, explain to people back in Devon who are listening to the game, especially back end of last season when every goal mattered as we were chasing the t- title, is I, tr- I let them know where on the pitch the ball is and who has the ball and who's in proximity. Because it's, well, being a football fan, like you've, you've seen it, you've, you've seen games and you can imagine you know, what the ball looks like to be whipped up the channel on the left-hand side and, you know, chasing down the fullback. So I make sure that the listener knows where the ball is because the proximity of the ball to the goal, it either means excitement or danger. And then beyond that, it's just a case of finding a good line at a good time, a key goal, and getting that sense of occasion across an energy. Um, it's tiring, though. It's a lot of... It's oh, a, I know, can imagine. I mean, when I do podcasting, if... We've had a couple of interviews in one day. I'm knackered at the end of it. It's bizarre. It's like two hours of talking and listening and, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the difficult bit is you're doing essentially a three-hour live broadcast. And we did Oldham last year and Kyle Taylor, who we, won't, we haven't seen this season, got a really bad injury at Oldham away last year. And the game oh stopped. Oh, God, I this game stopped. Him. Yeah, I mean, he, he should be somewhere near coming With back. John, John, John will know more about it than me. Yeah, well, he was. I think he was expected to come back <clears throat> mid to early January, but I don't know how. I don't think it's he's progressing as they would have liked. So I think it may be a, a little bit longer. What was the injury? I think I remember. Yeah, cruciate ligament ACL. I think. Yeah, yeah, cut, cutting on the left hand side onto his right foot, and you know it looked like he got nicked a little bit by the defender at the time, but um, just crumpled and he went nasty. But the the game the game stopped for nine minutes, and that's you know because it was a nasty one. So you've got to, that, got to think, find something to chat about. The, I think that's where the skill comes in. I think for com- for commentators is trying having enough information to fill that gap because you can't just go silent on air for nine minutes. Oh, can. can you imagine that? So like, 
that for me, whenever I've worked with other commentators, I think that's where they've got come into their own is where you get your notes out and you start going or you start having a conversation and that, that's where it really your talent shows, I think. Yeah, and you, you you have various bits and pieces that you can pull out the bag is that you start just describing the setting, the scenario, the fans and what's happening. It's good. I mean, that's where a, like a good summariser's worth, you know, their weight in gold. What's uh, a good summariser? So what a makes good, a good summariser John's job? Well, in my opinion... Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I... Personally, I'm, I'm good body. Always, always. I work with Alan Tommy. Used to used to play for City. He's an athlete. He's zero percent body fat. Prime cut. <laughs> exactly. Number tender, one. He's a tender and gentle man in a hugging situation, and that's yeah. all you can really want. You know. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Number two. Um, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I don't know. Everyone's kind of different. There are different commentary styles and different summary styles, but just bring bring something different. Because I'm following the ball a lot, so a good summariser will, will kind of zoom out and look for little moments and um, what the linesman's mm. doing or people in the crowd that can change the, you know, because they'll give insight because they'll be watching the game as well, but provide something that I can't do because I'm trying to keep an eye on kind of the, um, but um, be, being good company I think is important. Avoiding kind of generic football chat because I, yeah, do you know I what I mean? Thought- so if I if I was summarising with you, what would annoy you if I said something during the match? What would make you go, um, give it a break, mate? I, I, it's 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 hard to know. If if it, like if you if you kept talking over me, that would be a problem because I I go at pace and I go and um and I'm all sort of about momentum. But then I stop and give summarisers room room to talk, or I might throw it to them. Um, audibly belching on air would be tricky. Or this is boring, isn't it? You know, oh, but, but, no, but is no. there something I could say that you go, yeah, I've heard that hundred times, mate. Give it a rest. Come on. Was well, there anything? Uh, you... you got to avoid generic cliches. Difficult place to come. You know, good yeah. feet Difficult. for a big lad. All that sort of stuff that you can't <laughs> do anything with. Loads. Yeah. There's, the, the thing is, there's so many of them. They must um, fall out your mouth though, and you go, oh shit, I've said that. And I, I think I've avoided it. I think I've avoided it. You know. Yeah. But uh, um, one thing. One of my pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is like, uh, like James said, like talking just solely talking about football before the game, especially when you know you've got a three-hour broadcast where you're only going to be able to talk about football. Oh, I can't. So pre-record, just chatting. About yeah, it. I want to be talking about any crap, wine gums, whatever. I don't care. Just like, I just don't want to talk about football. Yeah, but see, still before those little moments that make that um, kind of humanise it. So you, you end up talking about what you're having for tea. Um, if, if it's appropriate and it's kind of organic, then yeah, absolutely. It's something that breaks it up because I mean, I'm not a sports journalist. I'm I'm a, I'm a newsreader and a and a, uh, and a reporter. That's what I do. I just do f- football as well because they needed someone. I did it. It went well. They kept booking me. Um, so um, you can get tired of football chat in in that sort of sense because th- there's a certain like f- sports parlance and lingo that sports journalists use a lot um and it's sort of like this kind of agreement so or i think being a good commentator is just be authentic just be you and it doesn't really matter what style is there's lots of different styles Mm. Um, who's the best who is the best in your opinion of anyone ever yeah oh i'm a big i like barry davis yeah um yeah you got uh 
Who commentated on Ronaldo coming back to a Man United? He that's Peter Drury, isn't amazing it? bit of yeah. Peter, Drury. I was about, I was literally had that name in my in my mouth. I was going to say for me at the moment, like all I see is clips of Peter Drury, and it's amazing. How many of those um, lot of monologues they give? How much is that written down? Prior? Yeah, that's scripted. That's all yeah. scripted. It is. How oh, is it really scripted? Yeah, scripted. scripted. Yeah. So at the start of each game, when they when they throw to me a few minutes before three i'll i'll have something written um so i'll yeah, have a i'll have a page written and it will basically cover f- three and a half to four minutes and i'll have a couple of bits well i'll bracket which i know i can drop if need be depending if they throw to me early or late um and the key is we well, do as, as an actor because I, I trained as an actor so is making it sound like you're not reading it is is the key um i mean i've written all of this down i'm reading to you right now and i'm managed Same to here. Yeah, just there, same here. I know this. We've actually we scripted this with Inch's life a couple yep. of days ago. Yep. Your turn, John. Oh no, I've not got it scripted. I've missed the memo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a commentator, such a skill. It's uh, and they really a good one. Really, I'll tell you who I like. Ah, I forgot his name. Oh, you dick. The ITV bloke. See, ITV. Don't, don't say Sam Matterface. No. Good. Well, the one who does the city games, or no? He he did all the oh. Til, Tills. Clive Tilsley. Yeah, fantastic. He got dropped by ITV, didn't he? And then got re because he, he was meant he was England's main commentator for a while, wasn't he? And then he they dropped him. What makes him so yeah. good? He sounds cuddly to me. First of all, I think big thing is voice. That's something you can't change. But voice is like something that sounds like good and nice and organic on the radio. That that you can't you can't buy that. That's just luck, isn't it? Yeah. If you've got if you've got a bad voice, you can't really recover from that. No yeah. God. I just okay. Before we move, are you up to answering our questions? Yeah, Same man. Question. Before we move on, what was it like the first time they said you can commentate for a whole game? There's the mic. How how were you feeling that night? Or were you just like yeah? I was I, I was bricking it. So what happened was I was in a newsroom in in Shrewsbury, and they were like. Radio Devon, because it's a squillion miles away from almost everywhere. They're like, they need a they need a commentator. And so uh the sports editor, my mate James Bond, he was called, he's retired now, and he said, Dalo, they want somebody. You'll do it, won't you? And I went, Yeah. And I then and then then they said, Yeah, do it. And I thought, oh shit, I've got to do it now, haven't I? Um Yeah, but if th- you said to me, David, can you go and do, I wouldn't go, yeah, I'll go, no. What made you say yeah? Well, because in that sense, I'm fearless. So I had a, I trained to be an actor, and I did did um, stand up, and it's, and had been a comedian. So yeah, I, I've done lots of stuff. I used to. I know you're a big cricket fan. I used to run the long room at Lord's Cricket Ground as well, among other things. I played cricket against Exeter City. Um, oh, have you got any connections? Uh, for what purpose? Yeah, I, I'm going to do me into Lords. Um, well, it was 10 years ago, uh, okay. but I mean, we can always try. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, Tisdale, what did you do in the long room? I, I managed, I, I ran the bar in the long room. So, um, Paul Tisdale, our former manager, he was a member of the MCC. So the New Zealand game, uh, the summer of 2013, I couldn't get tickets to the test match. I was living in London at the time. Um, and I was going to go back to poor school and retrain. So I did Birmingham theatre school. So I, I moved back to London and I thought, I want to do test matches and I couldn't get tickets because it was New Zealand, then Australia. 
So I just went on Gumtree and just bang, banged out an, an application because if you've worked, if you've done stage, then you know how to pull a pint, you know, your way around a bottle of wine and all that sort of stuff. Didn't think anything of it. Got a phone call about two months later saying, can you come up and see us? I went up to see them and said, just want to, yeah. So I had a chat with them because I'd run bars and stuff before and they offered me the long room, just kind of out of nowhere. So that's what I did for the summer. Hang on, were um, you behind the bar? When, you know, the plays would come through or the bats Yeah, would... so I, I did oh tours as well. Oh, my God. So, um, so I just, like, swan about in the in a suit in the long room, and you'd have – so, the, you know, it's the ashes, so it's like giving Johnny Bairstow grief for waving his pants above his head in his pants and all that sort of stuff. And um, so, yeah, so you got to, got to go up to see the dressing rooms and all that kind of case. I've been in the dressing rooms, yeah. Um, but, it, 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 but it was just one of those things, because growing up in Worcester as a, as a Worcestershire fan, the England manager – Big old beefy. Phil Neal, the Worcestershire coach. This this has got nothing with Exeter City. Sorry, I've everyone. met Ian Botham. Um, You've met Ian Botham. Yeah, I had I had a glass of his wine with him. <clears throat> what? Yeah, I met he, um He's a massive. I think he used to play for Scunthorpe. Yeah, like a, he did. Yeah, he, yeah he, he was an ambassador there. And then one game we happened to go to, I was in the boardroom, and he was in there. I didn't know. I didn't have a clue who he was. I said, "Who's Ian Botham?" I had a glass of his wine. Said hello. Don't say who's him. Ian Botham. Looking down your nose, John. I didn't know who I didn't know who he was. I don't know anything about cricket. Well, actually, the only reason I knew him is because he played football, not cricket. He's like one of the great sportsmen. I know. Yeah, I didn't even. He's he's knighted, isn't he? He is. Yes, Sir Ian Botham. Yeah, he's got his own little parking space at the ground. The Cracking yeah, Todger. See, he's Todger on Twitter. No, no, <laughs> no I didn't. Can't say I did. No. He said he was. <laughs> I don't want to see his middle stump. I'm not okay with it's... that. It's, he posted a picture of his dick and then he went, oh, my Twitter's been... <laughs> hacked. Yeah, been hacked. With my, with my own penis. <laughs> well, he was, he was a lovely bloke. He had a... Wasn't, wasn't he like the envoy for Australia at one point or he might still be? He's, yeah, he still is. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing you don't want to talk about when it comes to being both of them is political persuasions. I, uh, I don't know anything about any of that, but I just, just thought I'd bring up that. Well, he both, he's one I, of the greats. Yeah. One of the greats, John. I know. I knew all, all the other directors that we were with. They were like, "Oh my god, is he in both?" And I just, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. So there we are. So yeah, Paul Tisdale, member of the MCC, saw him at a test match, and I it was complete fanboy because he's he's the most successful manager we've ever had. He polarizes people a little bit now, but he played. He got us promoted back to back from conference into the football league, and then up to League One. Um, so he was there, and I was like, "Paul, you're right." And he was like, why are you being weird? So I got my trust card membership out. Um, and so we, we talked a bit of ecstasy. And uh, so, yes, that was at summer, summer at Lords. And at the end, I ended up that summer, there was um, a, uh, a charity friendly. So it was an invitational 11 against the ecstasy squad, a cricket match. I think it was at the Cam Fiddle. So I went and played there. Um, so I went down because I used to play a fair bit. Um, so I drove down from London to come and bat three and be first change or something. Um, and Tiz could play like he's a proper cricketer. The rest of the footballers, they were, they were, they were kind of crap, but kind of good. They were like, they'd never played, but the hand-eye coordination of professional sportsmen, um, Jimmy Keane particularly, like never played, but the hurling in him, like the, which was whacking the ball over place. So that was good fun. Wow. Oh, I could talk cricket all. I need to do a cricket pod. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so there we are. Right. Are you up for answering the questions? 
I will do. Is it Jim I'm, or James? What should we call you? I'm Jim. My name's. Well, I mean, I was christened James, but it's come up because my email's James F M Dale, and so. But I'm Jim. Yeah. Okay. Where did you do stand up? Uh, down in Brighton. Comedian no. places like that. What? When? But, what years? Uh, well, when I was gigging down there. So maybe Jill Edwards. Do you, do you know Jill Edwards? So I, I did courses with Jill Edwards because she, she's a what tutor. What year would this have been? Oh, blimey. It's, uh, it's, I want to... S- 2015, something like that. Oh, right. So I started 20, 2005. Yeah, I had my own night in Brighton in 2015 at um, a place called Sticky Mike's. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sticky Mike's Frog Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had some great nights there. Sticky Mike's? What kind of name is that? We had some cracking it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good joint. It's a good joint. Really cool venue, yeah. Anywho. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you might want to get on my Patreon. You get early access to ad-free episodes, and there'll be videos and behind-the-scenes pics, and it's basically a place where we can all hang out together. It's a bloody friendly community, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, if you fancy it, just go to patreon.com forward slash David L. And also, Patreon is an app that you can download onto your phone, all for the price of a coffee, like a posh coffee. Once a month, you pay a few quid, and then you get to be an MNFC supporter. Mind your football club supporter, that's what that stands for. That's your thing. So sign up at patreon.com forward slash David L., and the link is in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. Right, back. Back to the pod. Question number one. What was the first game you went to? Uh, it was Hull City at home, and it was 1992. I think one all draw. And that was a a terrible period, was it 92? No, no, it was 92. I think it was 92, 93 we got relegated, I think, or was it the following year? So no, we we were we were kind of I think we were still in the old division three, what is now League One. And so we were I think we, we were all right then. We were okay. Okay. What was your first game? What year was your first game, John? Two- oh god. I, I think I was like my first official game that I was taken to, well, I was about two years old, so like 2003, 2002. But the first game I remember would have been like the first game of the conference, I think. Right. And were you going to watch those games during that time, Jim? No, I lived in Spain for those oh, years. Yeah, so yeah, until, yeah, yeah. What about you, Jim? You've you been watching every season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Die hard. Die hard for 30 odd years. Yeah. Love it. Are you, you loving it at the moment? It's brilliant. Oh, look, I mean, the, the, it's odd really that sort of the way that I look at it is that it's really easy to be an extra City supporter at the moment. Mm. It's really easy. Like the, <laughs> yeah. when when you sort of see what the club's done with the with the fan zone, the stuff they do with the kids, the atmosphere, the amount right. of um, women and girls at football, what they do mm-hmm. for the, it, it's I mean, these these are the glory years, man. It's, yeah. it's honestly, it's been brilliant. And and although people kind of maligned Tisdale because it ended on kind of bitter note, but what he did and before him, Inglethorpe, and, and you know, the, the past twenty years since we got relegated, 
the trust took over it's been an absolute joy it's been oh, brilliant yeah yeah so this, this I mean, season how do you think we're doing are you I, I think uh, have we achieved overachieved or do you think no oh, we, is... we've overachieved massively massively it's been uh, it's been a really really good effort because the the reality is is that we have a small squad and we don't pay the wages that we you, you see some of the some of the wage bills at other clubs it's it's ridiculous what, in league one in league one yeah, oh yeah okay. like people that barry bannon there are there are there are multiple players in league one earning 10 grand a week it's bonkers more. Barry, barry bannon will comfortably be on way more than 10 grand a yeah. week easily so <laughs> so i mean the, um, the reality is is that the I, mean, I don't want to upset you, David, but the reality is is that we're, we're paying League One wages at the moment, just about. And we've got a lot of players out of contract in the summer. And if you oh, want I know to it's all them, going to crumble. I know it is. No, it's not going to crumble, but it, it? It, what, what you have to realise is that if we're going to re-sign players, I know it's when by the time this goes out, hopefully Archie will have signed something and, and Jeff Brown will have signed something, but it will be on a much increased wages and that's going to bring pressure before we even start to try and bring people in. so Hang on a minute, say that again, I like that. It's going to bring pressure. What sort of pressure? Well, because our budget's very limited. So if you are if you want to re-sign people on higher contracts, then you're going to accept the fact that in terms of numbers, the amount, of, the size of your squad, you can't afford to have a big squad. Which So you just think, it takes a few injuries and it takes a few bookings, and then all of a sudden, Tim Deang isn't there and Matt Jay isn't there, so you, you know the kids will have to come in or loan signings that we don't know much about. So, so did they? Obviously, it's a silly question, but did they get rid of Matt Jay and Tim Deang to make a bit of money, basically, and to be able to pay higher wages for? I, I mean, I'm not again. John's better. I, I don't know. I mean, it sounded like Tim Deang had his release clause met. And Gillingham, who are bottom of League Two, but they've got big investors now. They're just like, who can we get that's proven League Two that will get us out of the shit, keep us in League Two, and we can have a push next year? And they thought, Tim Deang will pay the money because we're guaranteed, you know, he, he can do a bit of everything and he scores important goals and he's got physicality. So Explain to me a release clause. Right. So written within contracts, if you have a player that either you don't want to let go unless you get a silly bid for them. You go, right, here's a release clause of X amount. And that way, if you, you know, we'll take that money, that's all right with us. Or if you've got a player that isn't sure about re-signing with you, you say, here's a better contract. And we'll put a release clause in saying, any club meets that valuation within your contract, you're allowed to leave. So ages ago, we we signed our our record signing was um, Jaden Stockley, brilliant striker. Had him on the Um, pod. Are you on the pod? Yeah, he's been on the pod, yeah. Oh, well, see, he he had a release clause of 750000 And the reality was that if we hadn't put that in, which someone was going to meet, because he was an absolute monster in League Two, um, then he probably might not have signed that contract. It basically means that if he succeeds and does well, yeah. clubs can afford to buy him and he can pick where he goes if multiple teams, you know, trigger it, which they then did. Um so it's it's a device really by which um, you can encourage people to sign for you that otherwise might not, or to um, essentially keep a player at your club if you want to put a high valuation on. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of a mini incentive to keep performing well, isn't it? If you're doing well and you re-sign, if you've got that release clause, you know that someone's going to meet it eventually. So. Mm. So I think the release clause was met, and Tim Deang just thought I can. 
I can probably get a two and a half year deal on silly money. And the reality is that Tim, Tim Deang is not going to get a professional contract playing in Europe. It's only in, the uniqueness of England is that there are professional divisions that just keep on coming. So he probably thought Gillingham, probably near the Eurostar, probably a bigger contract. He'll play every week. And he's got you a know, bit of that in his... Well, you've got to look after your family, haven't you? Yeah, his, his wage will be um, significantly more than what he was on at Exeter City. Yeah. No, what, bottom of League Two? Yeah. Just so, big investors, not necessarily too... Uh, maybe not too aware of what the standard paying fee is, so they know what this is going to attract them, so bring also, him down. It'll be, it'll be on ridic- ridiculous money for a League Two player. Yeah. They're also desperate. Well, significantly more than that. They're also desperate. So they want to stay in the Football League because it's, yeah. it's, it's difficult to get back in once you're out of it. Um, Matt J might well have been he was just a good servant they offered a decent wedge you know you're free to do what you want and, and good on you you know I, that that's my take but I you know I'm, I'm nowhere near the club I'm not informed in that way well John is yeah I, David I, thinks I have John, I, mean, John, I mean John knows everybody he, yeah, he will... John knows John's the heartbeat of the club yeah well, that's a huge statement right probably also not true here's a question to both of you Say we got a say our best sixteen players at the club at the moment. How many of those players are going to be in that are going to be at Exeter at the start of next season? Please be honest with me. Seven or eight, maybe what? nine. No, I reckon out of the top sixteen. Oh, 11, 12. I think the risk, the risky players are Josh Key, Alex Hartridge, Giovanni Brown, Archie Collins. Those are the four. Check the party. Mm, no, injured, but then, but then Jamal, Jamal Blackman, Loney won't be back. Stano, mm. Loney won't be back. No, Jamal Blackman, Jamal Blackman's a permanent deal. We, we, oh, well, sorry, he's a one-year deal, isn't he? He was, he was, he's a one-year shop window deal, so he won't be what, back. What, what was that? What does that mean? What he'll be, he'll, he'll be gone though, won't he? Jamal, Jamal Blackman. The the yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. He, he he's him. only got a one-year contract. But in my opinion, I don't think Jamal has played as well. Although he has been incredible in the last couple of months, I don't think he's played as well as he may have thought of done. I think he was thinking he'd get a one-year deal, show that he's more than be- like one of the best keepers in League One and then move on. But I don't think it's quite panned out for him like that so far. Yeah, so the, the, that was the idea. Yeah, get into the championship, use Exeter for a year, mutually exploitative kind of deal. But you, so um, I'm going to say best 16 players. My, my concern is on as we kind of record this now is the, the amount of players that are actually contracted to the club in the summer. And Josh Key isn't, and Archie Collins isn't, and Stano will go back to Fulham. Jeff Brown isn't. Jonathan Grounds isn't. Um, White isn't. Obviously, he's a loney. Harper isn't. He's a loney. Where's um, Sam Nombe? Sam Nombe's got another year after this one. Um, so when you realize that's the thing about losing Diang and, and Jay as experienced players. So the amount of players who are actually contracted to Exeter City, you think particularly the top end of the pitch, it's only Sam Nombe. Um, so, so obviously Gary Caldwell is aware of that because he's the manager. So he's he's putting plans in place. He'll already have three or four players for each position that he knows are probably not going to be here that he want to bring. Well, in. this is all news to me now. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, Stubbs, Stam Stubbs. I mean, he might even retire. I mean, his knees are that bad. 
He can barely play. He's a fabulous player, but we haven't seen him this he season. Can't play, he can't play on certain pitches. The firmer pitches, he can't play on because his knee so is... So he's out of contract in the summer. Um, Jonathan Grounds, I think, is out of contract in the summer as well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, Bye, boys. Um, Bye, boys. But, I mean, that's, this is where this is where Gary Coldwell um, earns his money because mm-hmm. the... Um, the, the challenge really in Exeter is, is recruitment, is getting good quality players who will improve you, particularly in League One on the money that we can um, offer. Um, oh, so, I'm, I'm disgusted. disgusted. What do you mean? Well, you just, it's, I mean, it's part and parcel <laughs> of lower league football, David. It's, <laughs> I know. This is all new to me. I'm like, I'm sort of investing in these players. Uh, they're fucking off. Well, there's no guarantee they will. I mean, yeah, but you're uh, right. You're both. You both. You said seven or eight. John went uh, five. <laughs> so half that team that I'm watching on next Tuesday night probably won't be there. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Nope. I I can. I, I'm pretty confident that we half the team that you they'll watch on on Saturday won't be there. Won't be there. Yeah, I reckon. When I hear pretty, John say that, it's because he's been on the phone somewhere who said, "John, no, half the team." I don't know anything. I just know that I just know I know how good Archie is. I know how good Giovanni Brown is, and I know how much other teams are going to be willing to pay for them, and they're not going to turn it down. So, yeah. so that's that's the 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 eternal kind of challenge at Exeter is recruitment is going to be, and that's what Coldwell will find out. Recruitment is going to be tough for him because what have I joined. What I told you, mate. I told you these are the good times. I told Why you these are the good joined? times, man. Why didn't I go down to Plymouth? Oi, watch no. it. No, but I only said... Too far. No, that's crap, that. No. That's shit. Why did yeah, you I will, I will, no, I will that's fight. <laughs> I'm very tempted to leave right now. You've got to do My it. Yeah. John, is... John, should we finish this elsewhere, mate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Thanks for listening to the Miami Football Club podcast. My point is, well, I had three teams to pick. Like, Exeter, everyone said, go to Exeter first. So I went to David, you don't think I've Plymouth are going to be having it. these problems? I have loved it. I'm just so saying I Plymouth... could have gone down the road. No, no, you could have. First of all, second of all, Plymouth will be having exactly the same problems as us, just on a bigger scale. Well, they've they just lost, lost their, their player, best player. Aren't they? they just lost their best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, everyone has the same problems, they're just different pay scale problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argyle have relied quite aggressively on the loan system, which will be a yeah. problem for them next season when they mm, want to compete yeah. in the championship. So it's the same Ooh. thing, but a division yeah. up. Oh, Most now likely. I feel better. Now I feel nice again. But also, like there'll be plenty of there'll be plenty of footballers <laughs> looking for work in the summer as well. And it's not to say that yeah. Jeff or Archie particularly might come back because Archie's game's improved a lot under. Well, I say a lot. He's 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 brought goals to his game under um, Coldwell. Um, so so we'll see. I, I, look, I like Gary. He had his worst game on Saturday, Archie, and I was looking yeah. at him going, "What's happening? What's happening in your head?" What, everything all right at home? Yeah, everything all right. What are you? What you got? Are you a little bit unfocused? What's going on with you? Then? <laughs> you know what it is, David. I'll be honest with you. With with those kinds of players, I, I don't see it as much with Jeff, but because he's a bit older. But with your young players like Archie, Josh Key, petrified of getting injured, petrified of getting injured and not getting that that move that really? they want to get. I, I I think so. I mean, not with Josh Key. He's running around throwing himself into all sorts. Yeah. Of- yeah, may- maybe, but you you often see with the young players. I think we, had, you know, Liam Serkin a few seasons ago or a few years ago, he was linked to a, a a big a bigish move away, and then he got injured, and it never materialised. And so players are really wary of you know. Well, I'm only one bad challenge away from being here my whole career. 
which you know it's not an awful Being thing but here you know. my whole career that's how they view it though that is well, how they view it we're here our career sunny jim yeah. Well, look, so I mean, let's, <laughs> it looks like I don't know. Is it, it looks like that Matt Pollock's going to sign from Watford on loan, so that might be a might be a good bit of business. Um, and that there's there's two weeks, nearly almost two weeks left for deals to be done. Um, I so, want a famous thirty-seven year old to come down. That's what I want. You're the um, only one who wants that. Who do I want? Who's thirty-seven at the moment? Who might come down? He's 37. He's really old. Cool. I, I saw a 39-year-old Peter Beardsley play for there Harley Ball SJP. That was oh. all right. Oh, I and he was just that. chatting to the fans while he went, waiting to take a corner because there was a bit of a, you know, there's only ever the same melee in football commentary, by the way. You only ever get melee or fracas. Yeah. Joe Cole. Joe, Joe Cole. Joe Cole. Bring Joe. Right, question two, flipping hell. Um, where do you sit in the ground and why when you come? Um, usually I'm on the big back. Well, it depends if I go with my dad or not. Um, so if, if, if I go with dad, which doesn't happen very often anymore, bless him. Um, so we might sit in the old cow shed, the doble stand. But um, normally That's a Selco I stand... stand. Is that a Selco stand? Old no, the, cow shed? No, the, the, the cow shed. The cow shed is what the doble stand used to be. What's the doble yeah, yeah. stand? Yeah, that yeah, the one you're in. It's now called the Selco. Selco. Oh, is it called Selco? Yeah. Oh, the cow shed was the Selco stand. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm the op- I'm over the road from that. As, over okay. The yeah. Um. So I stand on the big bank. Um. As you're looking out onto the pitch, to the uh, to the right of the goal, about two thirds of the way up. That's, that's where I'm you, isn't it? You up? That's no, not no. I'm a, I'm a big bank. Oh, sorry, sorry. But when you when you are in the big bank, where are you? I'm in Big Bank, yeah. Right yeah, hand that's side, where you are, two John. thirds of the way up. Oh, um, mm, yeah, I'm probably a bit below you. I might have accidentally spat on John. Why would it? Je- well, why it's would cheering. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unlikely, but I, it's, it's unlikely. I, I can't speak as to whether there has been projected sputum in Beer's general direction. If it is, it's completely accidental. I don't want any trouble. Yeah, yeah. No malice in. So you love the Big Bank. You're a big fan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How can you not? How can you not? I, lo- I mean, I love watching it. In fact, I'd probably love it if I stood in it, to be honest. But you need to. Before the end of the season, we'll get you in there, Sam. We'll get you in there. I've got my little spot. Yeah, especially a big a big game, like a cup game, when you're absolutely crammed in and then it all it all goes off. And then it's like your arms are oh. sort of pinned like that. I think I've told this story before, but we, when we played Liverpool in, in the FA Cup once, my, my cousin came down to what to watch. And he had, a, he had a McDonald's before the game, and it was so crammed in the big bank. So he got food poisoning, but it was so crammed in the big bank that he had to just crouch down in front of him and just throw up. He couldn't get out. He couldn't go to the toilet. It was that packed. Twice not he threw for up. Me. Yeah, no. Yeah, we've not we've not resold it with can't physically move, might die and vomit. But you know, yeah. we got Barnsley Tuesday night under the lights. Oh, I'm, I really want to get back for that. I'm going to try and get back. For That's that. I, can love that. Yeah, it's, it's another former Premiership club as well, isn't it? That's the thing about this division. There's really big games, really big teams. They'll bring a few. They they won't have played. Well, I, actually, I can't speak historically, but I can't imagine they've played at SJP many times. I was talking to my Plymouth friend on Sunday. He came around for lunch. Oh. <laughs> Plymouth friend. And uh, he said, 
once you get into the championship, the away fans, they just pack out your stadium. They're so big, the clubs. Historically, I was like, I want a piece of that right now. Well, I went to, to Ellen Road last night, like I said already earlier, and Cardiff only took 700 on, which is not a great following at oh, all. I'll take it back then. But they are, they are crap, Cardiff. Like, one of the worst teams I have ever watched live, so... I saw Cardiff against Man United about four or five years ago. They're a bit of... Like yeah, yeah the I think again they're, they're at risk of getting relegated this season from the from the championship. Really, like crap. Question number three: What's your match day routine, Jim? Oh, this is the thing is I don't I don't really have one. Like if I'm going to SJP, um, it's well, actually, I mean the closest I'll get to it, it depends when I can get away. Is I, I um. Get off the motorway, go through Betty's Mead, park up by the Stoke Arms. Betty's Mead, wow. Um, and so yeah, you got park up by the Big Morrisons. And um, is that where if I've got? Where you park? That's where you, you park. You walk down that long road. Yeah. So and oh. so, if I, you know, if I'm if I'm with me dad, we'll go and have a swifty in the Stoke Arms and a leg Where's of Where's the Stoke Arms? Is that on the corner by the roundabout? Yeah. Get yourself in there, David. You're yeah. a local now. I mean, it won't change your life, but it does a job because you need to still. <laughs> I was going to say. It, it, it's, um... <laughs> no, it's good. I, it's, it's good if you want to buy your own car stereo back. It's that sort of. No, it's, yeah. no, it's all right. Oh, you um, do so... that long walk down that boring road then from the Morrison oh, Road. You, you park as far up as you can manage. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, but I have to, to park up in the. I have to go up in the estate. It gets so chocker now. Well, you're turning up too late, aren't you, Tiger? Come on. Come on, up oh, your game. Bloody well not. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting there at 2pm, son. Um, so, yeah, Swifty in there. Get down the get down the centre if I can get an, get an either Juni pasty in me or um, or a pint of ale. Get down there. The, what would you say? To the centre? St. James Centre. The, so the, the centre spot. Um, See, I like you. You abbreviate. You know the club really well. You just said the centre. I don't even know where the centre spot is. Well, you just, yeah, you do. It's that bar that you said needs a lick of paint. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of logistically, <laughs> logistically Every challenging. Every episode, this comes up. <laughs> okay. You can get a pasty in the centre spot. Yeah. And they have, a, like, that. quite often have, they'll have, like, kegs of real ale and cider and everything else. So I, I like real ale. So I'll have Yeah, the one, real ale bar is amazing. Yeah. Big shout out to Neil and all the people that run the real ale bar. It's yeah. Incredible. I mean, I mean really? we're spoiled, man. It's... Yeah, yeah, times are good. Back in the back in the day when the only facilities were a, um, a porter cabin behind the old big bank, which was the club shop, which was just yeah. I, I remember that. To be fair, I, that was I remember my first club shop was a load of like t-shirts hung up in the back of a like storage container. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah. so yeah, cut a couple of points. Get get into the ground and then um, shout me lungs out. Get, I mean, like, I, I'm generally speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a reasonable sort of chap, you know. Yeah. Are you a shouter? Uh, but yeah. Oh, I'm a bit of a shouter as well. I can't help it sometimes, especially with the refs. I can't do it. I can't keep it in sometimes. There's a guy behind me. I've mentioned him before. About four rows behind. He's at the back and he bangs that. I absolutely love him. He's, he doesn't shout all the time, but when he does, he's fantastic. I reckon once every, yeah, once a half. He's brilliant. Big shout out to you. You know who you are. Yeah. Mm. 
quite quite moving that, wasn't it? <laughs> quite a moving moment. Deborah went silent. Question four: Who do you go to the games with? Well, see, this is one of my sort of big regrets about being an exiled Grecian. It's not even exiled, am I? I'm just not from... It's that I wish I had a gang of mates that I could go to the game with and you sort of see um, that sort of camaraderie. So I go to quite a few games on my own, um, but I'm all right with that. I'm very comfortable with that. Um, um, I'm very comfortable sort of in my own company, but I, I go to a few of me dad. Again, You're your because- own best friend, Jim. No, I've, no I've, I've got friends. I've got like two of them. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm no, my I've, I've got best quite, friend. <laughs> I've got quite a few mates. Well, all of my mates are sort of um, exiters their second team and they love it. So quite a few of my friends have come to games, especially like um, um, Biggins. Then um, uh, there's kind of half a dozen or so uh, mates. If there's a big game coming up, say, oh, you're going to go. Can I come? Um, so there's a bit of that. So I would say... 60%, 70% of the time now, I, I, I do it on my own. My dad's 70 and um, he, he doesn't have quite the same enthusiasm for it in terms of the travel. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. so on your, you're comfortable. I'm comfortable on my own now, I think. I'm eight, 88% comfortable. Go on. I don't think I've been to a game of football on my own ever. Try it. No, I'm all right. For now, I'm okay. Yeah. I've got people to go with. If you've got the luxury of company at football, take it. You know, it's, it's a lovely thing. But I've done um, well, haven't I, John? I'm a Todd. Oh, my God. Incredibly well, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. But to be fair, you're not always on your own. You've got your, your sons I'd, and that. And got... No, I was three. No, I'm four out of five times I'm on my own. Oh. I'm sat with my funny. little gang. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the... the... As I, as I go towards the ground, I'm, I've, I'll always phone my dad as I'm going to the ground. I'll always phone my dad as soon as I come out and we'll talk the game. You That's know? Nice. And, and, yeah, I phone and occasionally wife, he'll actually. go to, he's going to the Newport game, which is next. So he's going to go meet his old mates from Budley and they're going to go and I'm not going to that. So he'll phone me up. And then, so we always have that football chat um, afterwards. I wish it was, it's quite um, being from Worcester, really, and, and, and having that connection with me. We don't really talk about much else. We just talk about City, you know, and, and I love that. And so, as I start to go to the games more and more myself, it's quite. It becomes. It's kind of poignant being on the big bank and 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 knowing that he's not there, and that at some point he kind of won't be. And um, definitely, yeah. Well, that got a bit heavy, didn't it? But no, but no, I, that's, I know what you that's mean. Starting, I'm feeling I'm starting that. to think about that and that. that oh, um, how old are you? Uh, Thirty-nine. Yeah, well, that's really going to accelerate in the next decade. So, good luck. Yeah, I've got a one-year-old, and she doesn't know it yet, but she's getting a kit for her birthday. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you wait till you get to 49, then all you think about is death. Question five. Lovely. Favourite away ground? <laughs> favourite away ground? Um, uh, okay, so are we talking just favourite ground or favourite away day experience? What do you reckon, John? Uh, I think the experience makes the ground better. So so that's why Kenilworth Road is one of my favourites. So I I say this on the pod every time, but it's my favourite because you've got to walk through the back gardens. But I saw us win 3 2 there one year, and it was an incredible game. Clinton Morrison uh, was like in the away end, so it was incredible. So that made the, I think, experience makes the away ground. It would have to because Luton is dreadful. Um, 
So, okay, so similar sort of thing. So, Kassam Stadium, joyless misery place. Um, but well, well, where's that? The Kassam Stadium. So, Oxford United. Kassam um, Stadium. When we when we were in the conference, and um, we got to the playoffs, uh, we had Oxford, Oxford at home, and we got beat one nil. And me and my dad were there, and it was we got comfortably outplayed. It was rubbish. We thought we're not going to go. And as we were walking back to the car, we can we start going, well, we're definitely not going to go. There's no point. It's a Tuesday night, second leg. We've already won down. They've outplayed us. We're not getting anything. Before we knew it, we were in the ticket office and we'd bought tickets. And so we went. And it was the uh, the still my favourite football experience. I've seen City win at Wembley and I've seen them beat proper football clubs. Argyle, Fawn, and all that sort of stuff. But um, we came back from, I think, two down on aggregate. Stano, Adam Stansfield scored... Um, um, quite late in the second half to take it to extra time. And he scored in front of us, dropped his shoulder, cut it and whipped the ball past the keeper. We ended up beating them on penalties. So there's about 800 City fans on Tuesday night. Um, penalty shootouts away from going to Wembley for the first time. And so it, the old Wembley, before the new Wembley was built, we were one of only four league clubs, like original league clubs that had never played at the old Wembley. Because, you know, we're losers and that's what we do. We win an epic penalty shootout in sudden death. Chris Zabrowski, I think, and, and the keeper miss as well. And the fans go absolutely nuts. And so that thing, that song that you hear as a schoolboy when the FA Cup is on, is K Surah, Surah, whatever will be, will be. We're going to Wembley. And we would that was it. So just 800 City fans going nuts. The City players going nuts. And it was just a party. And there's some really grainy footage of Stano's goal and the penalties from the old smartphones you can find on YouTube. And if ever I have a shit day or like football's pissing me off, I'll have a little look at that. Stano scoring that goal and the celebrations. How good was he? How good was Adam? He? Yeah, Adam. He was he was an absolute dream because he was like a he was the ultimate lower league centre forward. He wasn't prolific, but he always he always scored enough. But he just ran his ass off, like his lads in a lot of ways. And that he just he just hit channels. He'd turn bad balls into good. He'd force errors from defenders at that level. So often, um, he was just a nuisance. He was a handful. Um, and particularly as a younger uh, younger lad, he was quite he was physical. He could he could handle a kick or two. You know. Um, Did you see so him, yeah, John? Yeah, briefly, but only sort of towards the end. Right. You know. Yeah. Not, I, I, he didn't play much when I was going properly. Well, if you go back to the, the Barnsley away game that I did, was um, Jay scored twice, and I was calling the game, and I didn't ever mention, I didn't mention Adam once, and I didn't want to, and I kind of thought he's his own man with his own career, and I made a point of not talking about Adam at all. And then the only time I mentioned Adam Stansfield was the both times he scored because I called him Adam. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I felt awful about it as well. I felt terrible about it. You can even hear me. I was going, I do apologise. I'll get his name right eventually. Wow. Yeah. He's, has, but, Jay hasn't scored in front of the Big Bang yet, has he? He scored at the away end. Yeah, I don't think he has. No, he hasn't. Him. No. But seeing a Stansfield wheel away and score for City in a number nine shirt, that got me. That got me right in the feels. That was, you know, he was a. Um, you know, he 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 wasn't my all-time city. I don't think favourite, but he 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 was up there just because he was just he was all heart. He was all heart, and he never stopped. And we were always in it because of him.
Question six. Least favourite away ground. Oh, Hewish Park's pretty miserable. The Oval away, that's, I've always been freezing cold there. Yeah. It's rubbish. If it rains, you get wet, don't you, in the, in that away end. Yeah. And it's actually a bit of a pig to get to from almost anywhere. It's hard to get to even if you're in Yeovil. You know, like it's just it's just a, it's a pain in the ass. It's in an industrial estate, isn't it? Oh right. So so are the away fans at the end or are they along the sides? Yeah, so the uncovered bit. The uncovered bit. Oh right. Oh fuck. Yeah. Jesus. Like when we did when we played them at Christmas a few years back, they did put on like free mince pies and tea and stuff for the away fans, which was a nice touch. But it was, it was miserable, miserable place to watch football. No amount of mince pies can make you want to go to Hewish Park. Strongly agree. <laughs> is it that bad? Yes, I always imagine you Yeovil being really warm. What's that? It's just a boring, lifeless ground. No atmosphere. Just terrible. Oh, get out. <laughs> Question number seven. If you could travel back in time, which game would you watch again? As in one that I was at or any game that City played? Any game. Yeah. Any game. Right. Well, this, this, it's it's Rotherham away. Rotherham away when uh, Logan scored, we won and, and got promoted. Because to I what? Was so it got promoted to where? The League Two? We got promoted. League it was the back-to-backs. We got promoted from League Two to League One. That's and it was Under Tisdale. And I wasn't there. And I and I and for some reason, I was I, ha- I was I was working for Droitwich Library, at Droitwich Library at the time. So I was working for just library service. I said, well, I can't go. I've got work. And I, for this day, I still don't understand why. I'm like, I don't like working. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I work for the BBC, so I don't have to have a proper job. Yeah. I, um, yeah, and for some reason I just went. No, I've I've, I've got a shift, so I'm going to go to work. Did oh. he when he got promotion into League Two? Did he have more or less the same team to get him into League One, or did it yeah. change? Did he? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much the same. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and the the, the thing is, is that the, there are certain managers as well. Tisdale liked certain players, and he was he was great for us. And he he found people like Ryan Harley playing at Western Super Mary. Went on to play for Brighton and all sorts. But the thing is that you go you, those players end up getting to a certain age. Like Harry Redknapp would just go, oh, I'll get Nico Cranchar in and Jermaine Defoe. It's like, it's, after a certain point, those players don't work. A lot of, When he went to MK Dons after us, he was signing City, you know, ex-City players that he'd relied on. But the, the the team was pretty much the same. And what Tisdale was great at, he was a really good talker and he was, um, he had real belief. You know, he, he had, people believed him when he said stuff. He wasn't just a journeyman Again, cliche merchant in a tracksuit. He was wearing Ted Baker cravats and speaking intelligently Beautiful. about tactics. And yeah, um, do you think is a question? Do you think any of our players will go to Rotherham in the next few months? I mean, I, I think it's increasingly unlikely because they don't look very good right now, and neither does Matt Taylor's position. So they've got no money. They can't really afford to buy any of our players, and I'm not sure the wages. I mean. They're probably going to be playing League One football, uh, League One football next year. So I, I think probably not. But I, you know, again, lateral to John. Yeah, I think I think you're right, James. I think they're in a bit of a tricky position, aren't they? Then I don't think I don't, and I, um, this is completely speculative. By the way, I don't know anything, but I think Matt Taylor may have been sold a tiny bit of a dream in regards to you know maybe budget players he can sign this that the other because he's openly come out and said we can't afford to buy anyone. 
everyone coming in is going to be loans. And if we do buy someone, it'll be for a pittance. So, yeah, they're tight. You know, from the, the, the chairman's not going to get his wallet out. Um, so, no, it's it's sort of unlikely that the idea that they would just he'd just come calling for for Key and Collins and Jeff Brown is that they, they couldn't afford it. They just couldn't afford it because it'd be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds if you want to sign any of you know. That's that's the reality. Question eight: Who's the best player you've seen in the flesh? The city. It's gonna be anyone. 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 Yeah, yeah, anyone. anyone. Oh. I've seen England a few. You know, I've I've, I've seen a lot of yeah. Top who's the best? Who, yeah, like top flight. Who who's stood out? I mean, well, I mean, Gareth Bale was obviously obviously very special. So my, I, I've seen I've seen Spurs a little bit because my dad goes occasionally. Oh, actually, the the the, the, the most exciting um uh, the most exciting top end footballer was um watching David Platt in the early 90s at Villa Park. So the first live football I went to was Villa Park because um, that was just up 20-odd miles up the road. So we saw a few of those games. So David Platt, kind of circa 1990. Wow. That was because he was out then? Because he, he, well, yeah, because, you know, it was Italian 90, um, which was my first major tournament, which was just magical. So seeing David Platt was kind of, otherworldly as a young lad who loved football and played football all the time and did he stand out amongst the other players yeah did he feel like he did oh yeah yeah I mean it, it's you know it's a different time where um, you know the, the the first touch the natural athleticism that you have in the modern game is just streets ahead of everything else but he he was like an, a, a, a bona fide kind of England international so I remember that was really exciting God, you sort of forget about David Platt the best, the best performance probably from uh, watching Alexis Sanchez for Chile against England at Wembley when they beat us two 0 and he scored both of them, and that was virtuosic. And he had he had that ability for for a few years. Alexis Sanchez was dynamite. Um, and of course, I've seen Ronaldo because I've seen Scott Hardy nutmeg him because I was I was at home and away for the Old Trafford and the, the FA Cup games in two thousand five. So I saw a, a young and Paul Scholes. It's, it's it's hard to pick them, but but I mean for, for City, Martin Phillips, he was the he was the superstar for me in the nineties. Buster Phillips got signed by Manchester City. Alan Ball took him, and Alan Ball famously well, he said he was going to be England's first ever ten million pound player. Buster Phillips, and it didn't quite happen, but he ended up playing um, Premiership. So he he was sort of the he was my superstar hero growing up for City. He didn't. Is this the guy City. that went on to play for Plymouth. Yeah, I mean, he ruined it by playing mm. for Plymouth and um, you know didn't he waving give the, the crowd? badge in front of the big. Didn't he give the crowd some at Exeter? He did. Yeah. He, didn't he kiss Ooh. the badge or tap the badge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me, me, Alan, who I do commentary with, Alan Tong, he, who played in that era, and we were talking about it because he scored this wonder goal against Fulham for City, and I, I watched it on loop about hundred times. He was a brilliant footballer. Um, but yeah, he he went to Argyle. Uh, towards the end of his career, and he gave it a bit on the bank, which ruined it. But twat. <laughs> I think you said that in the last episode, John, as well. Yeah. It, anyone who even. Oh. <laughs> no. 
You've literally could, there is no amount of physical money you could pay me to put on that football kit or even be associated with that football team. I absolutely hate it. You do, don't you? And you hate Plymouth. God, I love that. I love that. I love it. <laughs> Grim. You felt that. That was real, wasn't it? That wasn't affectation. That was real. Yeah. No. Well, well I'm not joking. It, don't don't go tap the badge in front of the big bank. You. Uh, go, on, yeah, out, go on, get it out, John. No, no, no. What, 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 what an idiot. What an idiot. Get out. I've got a game on the pod. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, do you know no. what? I'm not sure I'd want to hear it. I'm sort of, I'm not quite Yeah, but as... I like that. No one listens to it. I just quite like doing an episode and no one wants well, to Well, tell him, tell him you're doing the pod and just don't record it. <laughs> wow. He's hated. See, I've got that history with him, so I'm just saying, hello, Martin. No, but no, I, neither do I. But why would you? Why? Why wear an Exit City top it's and then go? A little bit of conflict. No. Oh, just do an idiot, absolute idiot. <laughs> yeah. Question number nine. What's the worst experience you've had at a game? Must have seen some relegations. They must yeah. be tough. Yeah. I mean, that's... Worst experience I've had at a game. Oh, do you know what? Argyle away. Uh, FA Cup. It was on Sky. It was back in the day. John Sharp was playing for us. Lee Sharp's brother. And um, people like Ronnie Morgier were playing for Argyle. But it was at Home Park. The only time I've ever been. Wouldn't go back again. And we got beat 4-1. You know, we got hammered. And... Um, they were like chucking stuff at us from the Lindhurst stand. It was like open terrace. And me and I, I was probably only sort of 14, 15 at the time. So my dad tried to get me out because we were going back up the motorway. It was a long old drive and it was a night game. And this cop, we said, this copper, he said, this copper, like, can you, can you just let us out? We need to go home. There's like five minutes to go. And he wouldn't, and he was rude and he was, you know, it was proper obnoxious. And we had to go, we had to walk out the away end and all the way round home park to get out. So all the Argyle fans were piling out as we were piling out. It wasn't very safe and it was nasty. When so was that? Humiliate. When would that we have got, been? 20 years ago or something? Uh, yeah, longer than that. 25 years ago. Uh, so yeah, probably late 90s. So it was nasty. It was like, it was properly like, um, no one really wants coins thrown at the best of time and they were just giving us plenty because they just hammered us on TV as well. That was pr- that was pretty miserable. And I felt it was genuinely like the cusp of when you're a, when you're a young, young lad. Uh, when I went this year, they were firing those laser lasers at us. <laughs> you know, they're supposed to burn your eyes out if you look at They were doing that. Lovely people, lovely bunch of people. John's got a new job on the uh, Plymouth Tourism Board. <laughs> they were. Actually, when they started doing that, I was like, oh, I don't like this now. This is, this is getting... Just watch the game. Someone's literally taking the time out of their day to point a laser at your eyes. They paid money to point a laser at your eyes rather than watch the game of football. Okay, and question 10. This is the final question. Maybe. There's one more. What interesting fact have you got about Exeter? This question gets progressively harder as we do more episodes. Yeah, I like people still bring stuff, pull stuff out of the bag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
should have thought about this because I know you asked this question and I did think to myself I should I should probably look something up for this interesting fact uh, <coughs> don't even go we've down the been. Freddy Star route we've done we've been there we've done that okay <laughs> the, uh, uh, an interesting fact that can I ask um, you a question oh, quickly go on have you met Yuri Geller Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Christ. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've had. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, the, well, this the, is an interesting fact in itself. Yeah. Exactly. Well, see. Okay. So the interesting fact was that Yuri Geller was our joint chairman, and I think we had at the same time Dave Prowse, who played Darth Vader, David what? Blaine, I Michael didn't know Jackson. Dave Prowse was involved. Michael Jackson. Yeah. And Yuri Geller, all at St James Park. You've just brought Darth Vader into the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not mucking about here. So, right, 2002, 2003, when we get relegated. Actually, get... sorry, Jim. I don't think we've ever covered this bit of the history of Exeter in detail. Do you want to spend five minutes just telling us? Okay, let's, let's break yeah. it down. So, yeah. you know, we're talking about how we were perennially rubbish, late 80s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It culminates in 2002, 2003, us getting relegated and the club turning into a tatty circus. So, Yuri Geller. Um, decides that he wants to get involved in football, talks his way in at Exeter City. We're taken over by two crooks, Russell and Lewis. We won't go into that, but fraudsters, they ended up in prison. Hooray! Nearly got the club out of business. Why? What did they do? Well, they were on the take. So okay. they used the status of the club Russell to basically travel around a bit, have a jolly up. They used okay. to lie, they lied about the gates, so they fixed it so that the, the say, and today's attendance at SJP is 1,112. It's like, there's at least 5,000 here. And they took the money. Um, oh, yeah. Proper crooks. Um, Russell and Lewis. Um, uh, are we so talking as, about John Russell and Michael Lewis? Correct. Weirdly, um, one of their children lived not far away in Worcester, and I bumped into her in the pub after a game, me and my dad. That's another story as well. I might have gotten angry. Um, so they like a little bit of the limelight. Geller is a self-publicist. He went on I'm a Celebrity that year wearing an Exeter City shirt. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, oh, my so God, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So so he obviously he's good friends with Michael Jackson. If you look on YouTube, there's Michael Jackson seen driving that. around in a, on, a, on pitch. Have you seen that? All over that. David Blaine was there. Uh, uh, so Darth Vader complete, was there. Darth Vader was there. I mean, e. um, the, the axis yeah. of evil is complete, right? Um, so they make loads of promises. Geller promises to put money in the club. This never really materialises. What we does make, Michael Jackson promise? What's he there for? What's he he's saying? just there as a favour to Yuri Geller because Yuri Geller is a self-publicist. Okay. Um, he's a king of pop, man. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be there? They're okay, good so friends. Just so to get they, eyes on the club. Yuri Geller yeah. was... I think they were best best men at each other's wedding. Um, so there's, there's a friendship there, and David Blaine is friends with Michael Jackson. So it all kind of, they all, you know, they're a crew. Why is Darth Vader there? Yeah, why is Darth oh, Vader there? I, I mean, I, I don't know. You'll have to speak to his agent. But I think, again, it's just like, who can I get that's in my Rolodex as Yuri Geller to make me look even more ridiculous? He's and, from and, the West Country, isn't he, David Yeah, Bell. he's from Bristol. Hey. Oh, you're hey, you going? Uh, you Darth go. Vader. They had to get James Earl Jones to do the voice. It was weird otherwise. Here, I'll do you. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Um, uh, I don't think Darth Vader ever said "Here, I'll do you." <laughs> most likely, there's a yeah. reason I don't write scripts, David. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So, they, so they came along to get a bit of attention, a bit of publicity. Yeah. Um, but so 
So Geller uses the club for publicity. They they sign players like Don Goodman, Lee Sharp, Kevin Miller comes back, our brilliant keeper who used to play in the Premiership. They spent lots of money, and you know everyone thought we were going to get promoted and be brilliant. Whose money? Whose money did they spend? Well, um, what you can do is that you can you can levy against the value of the club, can't you? So, um, or if you're Russell Lewis, if you're um, 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 Russell and Lewis, you know. Who knows where the money comes from, or what, what they promise, or I'm what just, credit I'm they carry? I'm having a look on. at what, either Russell or Lewis, and he's he's sort of like a darts player, isn't he? Rotund chap, yeah. Yeah, he's like Eric Bristow, sort. Of. Anyway, um, I'm just painting a picture for for listeners. Um, so yeah, season's a complete disaster. We get relegated in keeping with our finishing. In, pretty poorly with I think the first team ever to get relegated finishing second bottom because they decided to bring two up two down into the conference so um so Yuri was there for a year um and he yeah he wasn't really nice his son Danny I think the reason he was there his son Danny was at Exeter University and so we bumped me and my dad bumped into Danny I think we were Mansfield away or something we bumped into service station and he was there with sort of and Danny just wanted to talk football he was a really sweet lovely lad um, and it's, Yuri was just like, you need to stop talking to these people. And he said, all right, okay. What? Kept chatting. Why? I think he wanted to go, but we were just there. We just stood right there and he was just going, you need to stop talking to these people. And we're in city gear and like, fucking chairman, pal. So we carry oh, on God. talking about Neil Whitworth or somebody who's playing right back for us. And then he came back a little bit late. Well, a couple of minutes later, Danny, stop talking to these people. We're going. And then this kind of charming, intelligent, nice young man follows his um, opportunistic dad out of it. Um, and it was just weird and uncomfortable. And you know, you can think, we're trying to figure out sh- how angry he was supposed to be. You're like, it was oddly disrespectful. And it just demonstrated he had no real interest in Exeter City Football Club. It was, Danny was a City fan. He started going there at university, I think. And so Yuri saw an opportunity, got relegated. He promised the club loads of money, didn't give any of it, uh, then ran away. What do you mean ran so, away? What did that look like? Well, he decided that he was no longer going to be vice chairman of the football club. And when my dad and a load of other volunteers started phoning around, begging local businesses for money to keep the club afloat, he was nowhere to be seen, along with Russell and Lewis with suitcases of money. So um, I can see why when I contacted Yuri Geller to come on the pod, he politely declined. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, good on you. I mean, I'm surprised he did it politely. Um yeah, not not great. That was a difficult year. We got on telly a lot because of that. I had a <laughs> I had a run in with um, Mark Lawrenson um, that season because we were on TV a lot because we had such a high profile because of the Tatty Circus, and we had Forest Green Rovers in the FA Cup, and they put it on BBC One midday. So we were all there at the Old Law, and you had to walk through the away fans to get to the gantry. So John Motson walks through, and everyone goes nuts and starts cheering and like, "Who am I?" Lawrenson comes through, who's been slagging us off all morning on Football Focus, and everyone starts getting it, right? He starts giving him giving him grief. I thought, well, I'm getting my money's worth out of this. So I just kind of shifty through and just give him the best boo I can from about a metre and a half away. And he turned to me and just screamed in my face. I was about 18 at the time. I went, fuck off, you knobhead, and started giving me that. <laughs> and he had two massive minders with him as well. Did he? So, yeah, as, well, because he had to go through the crowds. Yeah, and, you know, me being a cocksure 18-year-old, I kind of yeah. regressed about 10 years like that. Yeah. I was like, a nasty man just swore at me, and my dad pissed himself. He just couldn't get enough of it. And he just spent the rest of the game, because it was a boring nil-nil, just going around the crowd saying, Lawrence and told my son to fuck off. 
Yeah. Called him a knobhead. He was chuffed with that. Yeah, well, well proud. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that that's the Yuri Geller. How many? Yeah. What's that? Was that eighteen months? Two years under the Geller? No, it was just a year of a year of chaos and misery. Oh, just it was just. Right, Jim. Fa- final question: um, What what advice would you give me as a fan of Exeter? I mean, I've been there eighteen months now. I'm getting the gist. <laughs> but yeah, any advice? Uh well, it's really just, um, man. We're at expectation management. You've you have joined at the very apex, at the peak. There might be some more good, you know. The club's in good shape, but we are right at the peak of... We're banging our head, really, on what we're realistically going to be able to cope with. So my advice to you is absolutely drink this up because this is pleasure town. This is this is joy. This is where... These are the good times, man. Yeah. And on that note, David? Okay. Very quickly, I can... I can so you two saying that we could lose a third of the squad or whatever, or half the squad... I mean, you'll hate me, but I reckon. I mean, there's, it's very likely next season we get relegated, unless and unless we have a brilliant couple of weeks and then a brilliant recruitment. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be tough next year, man. Because we've got uh, Gary's got to do some wheeling and a dealing. Yeah. Got to do some amazing yeah. he's work. Got, he's got a really tough. I think Gary I really like him. Connections. He's done a really good job, and I like him. One important talks. thing to state with with that is that he's got an incredible team around him. I think Marcus Flitcroft. Who's yeah? He is he is incredible. Honestly, his recruitment, his his the amount of work that man puts in is uncanny. And I think we're in the best position possible to to really recruit well and and have a good second season as well. I really am confident of that. And I'm not confident about a lot of things, but the backroom staff, having known what well, I, I know a lot of them, I know Marcus well. They're hardworking people. They know exactly what they want. They work well with the manager. And I think we've got something to be, look forward to. I think it's an opportunity to sign. The players that Gary wants and and play the style of play he wants to play. So yeah, well, I mean, let's 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 hope he can pers- persuade him. And that, I, I I I like I like the energy, John. I hope I absolutely hope you're right. Here's one more quick question: Could Gary? Could he keep the team together in this January window, potentially? And could Gary bring three or four magis- magicians in, like Mr. Joe White and his Pollock? There's not long left of the January window. Is there a chance that he could bring in some players that absolutely lift us to another level in this league? Yeah, there's always a chance. Um, I mean, it depends what you mean by other level. I mean, is there a chance that we make the playoffs? I, I think even even if he recruits well, it'll be tough. There's a chance that he can keep Brown till the end of the season and Key to the end of the season and keep this team together till the summer. Joe White, Jim, Joe White. He's a good boy. Oh, he looks good, doesn't he? Oh, but man. He's, he's, he's only going to be asked for this. Do you know what I mean? Like, when, it, when the summer hits... My, like I said, my concern is the lack of players under contract. You up? How? All oh right. Okay. How many games left? Do you reckon? How many games we left? We got. Um, God, not uh, still a fair 20, bit of the season. Twenty-ish. How many have we got to win to get into the playoffs? Have, oh, I, I, I think it's going to be tight. I don't think it's going to be that. It's not going to be that many. Everyone's beating each other, really. But How many do you think we need to win to get into the playoffs? 
a minimum of half, I'd say. So if we win yeah, 10 of the next right. 20. Sounds about okay, right. Okay, so I've just got that in my head now at the game. So I'm going to say 12. So if we win on Tuesday night, I'm like... I think if you win 12 out of 20, you're in. No, win in Portsmouth on Tuesday. Okay, okay, we've got two. We got that. All right, I just need the maths in my head. Yeah. Okay, there I mean, we go, you- that's it. I'm, I'm, you have to, I'm tainted by the first decade or so of my city experience being utterly dreadful. So I, I probably err on the side of the um, the, the hyper cautious. You've got the hyper enthusiasm. You know, I like your version better, David. I do. You know, Joe White is going to tear this league a new asshole, and I'm telling you that <laughs> right now. He was. There you go then. Forest Green Rovers were like that around him. <laughs> I didn't know what had come on the pitch. I did. Joe White. Joe White came on. There's, there's, a, there's a song there somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Jim, thanks so much for coming on. Loved it. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. God, these go on as well, don't they? Sorry, I didn't never shut up, do I? No, no. We always no, sort of perfect. go. Thank you. I've yeah. had relationships shorter than this podcast. Christ. Yeah, I know. Hour, hour and a half. You know, yeah. it's all right. But it's a it's pleasure. Hey, and welcome it's aboard, good. man. Welcome yeah, aboard this no, wonderful, I've... weird and beautiful football club. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Just keep out of the way, Mark. I know, I do love it. Fucking prick, am I? Fucking idiot. It nearly fell apart halfway through when you started mentioning the other lot, but we're back on track. Yeah, I know. I just like teasing John. Yeah, I'll be texting you about that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Jim.